morning again. Good morning again. We are here uh, continuing in our series of uh, thank God for giving. Thank God for giving. And, and uh, it may seem like an unusual uh, series to some during this season, but I don't find it unusual. Uh, uh, the greatest gift was given. Uh, we, we recall the greatest gift given during this season. Uh, and, and we are reminded that we are not only recipients, but supposed to be uh, givers. Amen? <clears throat> so this morning, we're going to stop by the book of Romans. We're going to stop by the book of Romans in the 12th chapter. Amen. In the 12th chapter, and I'll begin reading in Romans chapter 12 at the first verse, Romans chapter 12, and I'll begin reading at the first verse. The word of God says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, uh, among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness, with cheerfulness. Let's pray. Father, we thank you uh, for your grace, your mercy, your love, your peace, your joy, oh Lord, your long suffering, your goodness, your righteousness, your sacrifice. Lord, we thank you for what you've done, what you're doing, what you will do. We thank you for this moment, uh, Lord, for the opening of your word. The opening of your word, Lord, brings uh, light. We pray you would illumine us, uh, open our hearts and our minds to receive, Lord, uh, what the Spirit will say to the church. Help us, Lord, to uh, 
be clear of uh, distraction and any disturbance or thought or feeling, Lord, that might impede the course of your holy word in our lives. Pray your grace and peace be multiplied to each one gathered here, every household represented here, Lord, under the sound of my voice. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to gather like this, to hear your word, to receive your word, Lord, and then to live out your word. I ask for fresh anointing to preach and anointing to receive your word. And I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Because, Lord, you are my strength. You are my redeemer. In Jesus' name. Amen. I appeal to you, brothers. Story been told uh, of a gospel mission in a small country where great numbers of people were responding to the call of Christ. One night, an altar call was made. Uh, for, the, for the effort of world missions. The evangelist said, we need to send missionaries to other countries. What can you give for the cause? The altar was filled with people who brought money and other precious possessions. And as people streamed to the altar, uh, one woman was crying and, and pushing her way through the crowd to the altar. And then through her, her sobs and her tears, she threw herself to the altar and told the evangelist, I'm a poor woman. The only thing I can give is my life. The only thing I can give is my life. This poor woman, she had discovered the secret of giving all in order to follow Christ. Uh, it's no light matter. It means to give Jesus Christ everything that you are and have in this world. Uh, the woman had demonstrated that, and we'll just talk about that for a little bit. It's, I will title the message, A Surrendered Life. A Surrendered Life. Um, a thought that you, that you might hold on to is that mercy calls for a life offered to God that offers his gifts to others. Mercy calls for a life offered to God that offers his gifts to others. Uh, this, in the book of Romans, We've been here before. The Apostle Paul spends time uh, carefully unfolding the gospel throughout the first 11 chapters. Uh, 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 if you haven't read the book of Romans, if you haven't read this, please take time to read this book. 
It, it might help you understand why people are crying and waving and raising their hands when we're singing about Jesus. Please, if you haven't, take time to read this book. And he unfolds in the, just in the first 11 chapters. He makes plain all that God has accomplished and performed for the world in Jesus Christ. He holds up God's perfect righteousness and standard. Man's ongoing sinfulness. The horrible results of the Lord's judgment against sin. His act of redemption through the atoning death of Jesus on the cross for all people, both Jew and Gentile. He, in, this, in those chapters, he tells the story of mankind, watch this, setting ourselves up against God, taking on the status of his enemies. But instead of destroying us, God took decisive action showing mercy and offering peace, a right standing with him through faith in Jesus Christ, making us able to take part in the family, love, and life of God, both now and in the future. Is that good news? Uh, Paul, Paul begins in, in chapter 12 to lay out what living that life looks like in action. He explained how we got there. Now, he says, it, it, it calls for something. Uh, and the first thing Paul says when he gets to chapter 12 is, it calls for total devotion. Total devotion. Instead of giving in to the world, give yourself over completely to God. It calls for total devotion. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and, and acceptable and, and perfect. Paul said, I'm calling on you, brothers and sisters. <laughs> now that you consider the mind-blowing, undeserved kindness of God that you received, a response is in order. Uh, he urges them to, to take up the right course of action now, uh, which for him uh, 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 is to simply place your entire life completely at God's disposal. Nothing less. Uh, what were we just? What were we just singing? With my life laid down. I surrender. Now I give you a little bit. The the, the call for sacrifice. Uh, in, this, in this time, it would have most likely, uh, we don't hear it the same, but in that time, it would have most likely brought up and brought to mind uh, animal offerings of animals being put to death. The, the, the first 
seven chapters of Leviticus, if you read it, lay out, it lays out the, the rules for uh, the offerings to be presented in, in the Old Testament system or sacrificial system. The shedding of blood and, and innocent life for a guilty one in order to seek mercy or approach God. That was the system. <laughs> but, but, but were we to look in the, in the book of Hebrews, in the 10th chapter, we find that something happened, that God did something. We find that those sacrifices that took place in the Old Testament were only a shadow of the sacrifice that God had prepared for the world in his son Jesus' death on the cross. Uh, they, they, they gave just a, a glimpse of what was to come. All the other sacrifices were only temporary. They were, they were like placeholders repeated over and over again, needing to be repeated over and over until the true adequate sacrifice was presented and offered on our behalf. Not, not that we deserved it, but because of God's great love and mercy, he did this. Oh, uh, sometimes it's hard to, to preach about this grace and mercy of God because some of us have been so good for so long that we forget. But for the grace and mercy of God. It, it, listen, watch this. Because Jesus completed that sacrifice because he completed it and, and, and in him you've died to sin and been made alive now you can present yourself as a living sacrifice not to get mercy but because you've received mercy he he he, he switched it for us you can surrender that life for him while you yet live. While the blood is yet one running warm in your, in your veins, you can, you can give that life to him. In, in, the, in the language of, of sacrifice, uh, the, the, the offering that was presented, uh, it was always an intentional decision on the part of the worshiper. To, to, to give their offering. They didn't just stumble into a wake up and stumble into an offering. No, 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 they, they, they had intention. They considered the best they had and made a decision to give it up and over to God. It offered, it, it, it was, uh, in that way, uh, it was then completely released for the purposes and will of God never to be taken back. They gave the sacrifice over. This, this kind of surrender, it's the spiritual worship uh, that, that, that Paul speaks of, sometimes called true worship or, or, or reasonable service. Uh, giving ourselves as living sacrifice is only it's the it's the only fitting response to what God has done. Paul is 
beseeching, he's, he's urging, he's exhorting, he's, he's wanting the church to see this. It, it's, it, and if it sounds like a lot to you, this total surrender, what else makes sense here? You can, you can fill in the blanks. What should my response be to God's mercy? Uh, was, was Jesus given so that I could give God a couple hours of my attention on Sunday? Or a few seconds of my time of thanks before I eat my sandwich? What, 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 or does mercy call for more? Think about it. Not only is it the truest, most proper worship we can offer, this total devotion of life over to God for his purpose is holy and pleasing to God. It's a holy act that pleases him. Does anybody have a desire to please him? Do you ever just want to... We, we need to know this, <clears throat> this, this kind of, this kind of uh, devoted worship, this desire to please him, this devoted worship, it, it, it's often, it's going to cost, it's going to put us at odds with the world. Because <laughs> the world doesn't get it. Uh, this surrendered life, it's countercultural. Uh, 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 as cool and uh, irrelevant as the contemporary church tries to be, this life does not look like the world. It doesn't blend well. Now, it just doesn't point to simple external things like clothes and, and hairs when, uh, when, 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 when you're saying you can't blend and don't be conform and don't fit in. You can still wear your J's and you know your hair, your, the way it's cut the, over there. Uh, but it's pointing, it's pointing to, to the deeper issues uh, that, that, that shouldn't be conformed. Deeper issues of, of behavior, attitude, the, 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 your, your driving ambitions that, that make up the, the, the ethos or the spirit of the, the age that we live in. This present evil age, the scripture calls it, and it would probably still call it today. Um, it, 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 it's, it's this conforming, conforming. When I, when I was growing up, we had a toy, and, and we used to use it alongside of our, of our Play-Doh. Y'all know Play-Doh? And, and, and the toy would be molds of, of, of action figures. Uh, uh, mine was the, the, the Bionic Man. And, 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 and you would press the Play-Doh in there, and then you would squeeze the mold down, and then when you opened it slowly up, you had the exact imprint of the mold, the six million dollar man. You had it. it that Play-Doh had been pressed into that mold. It had been conformed to the image of the mold. The pressing of the world on us is is unyielding in its efforts to shape you and reshape you and keep you shaped after its patterns, after its values, its beliefs, its morals. 
which, which are all out of line with the God who created and saved and redeemed you for himself. He, Paul says, stop being conformed. So, so subtle. Because somebody might say, I'm walking my walk, I'm doing okay. So subtle and per pervasive is this, the, the pressure of, of, of conforming that even in the church, some choose to line up with popular opinion over the word of God. Even in the church, the, that pressure doesn't stop at the doors of the church. Paul says, don't be conformed. Uh, but, and, and, and because of this, Paul, Paul urges not just to resist being conformed, but to submit to being transformed. <clears throat> submit to being transformed. That, that, that process, it, you know, the transformation, uh, that is where we get our English word of metamorphosis, what happens to a, a, a caterpillar or, you know, when they go into a cocoon and, and they come out, they're a totally different type creature. This, this, this process of being transformed, and for us, it's the unveiling of the new life of God in us as we are changed by him. Uh, you, we should not be the same. And that, that transformation, it, it happens through the constant renewing of your mind. Constant renewing of your mind. Dr. Dr. Evans says, uh, in order to transform what you do, you must first transform how you think. Uh, the, the, the mind, and in our, in our text, it's the, it's the mind, it's the will. It's, it's all the mind being saturated with the supernatural facts of God's redemption in Scripture. Meditating on the love demonstrated in the life, the death, and the resurrection of Christ. Uh, it, it, it's, that mind, it is being renovated by the Holy Spirit. You have to let this seep in. The renewing of the mind is an ongoing process in the life of a believer. We need to have constant renewing. I, I found out recently... <clears throat> don't laugh at me on social media uh, that the, the algorithm that, that shows you and suggests things that it's trying to sell to you uh, or, or things that your, your friends uh, like, it, it, it pushes it to you. Uh, Y'all know what I'm talking about. Um, uh, uh, it, it, it shows you uh, those things over and over and over and you're wondering why those things keep popping up and popping up. Um, uh, I recently realized that I'm not at the mercy of the algorithm. I, I, I recently found out, don't laugh at me, young people, don't laugh at me, uh, that there's a setting that you can open and tap, not interested, not interested, not interested, uh, or you can tap interested, 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 and, and they will begin to send you less of one thing and more of another thing. 
This is what the renewing of your mind says to the conforming pressure of the world. It says, not interested, not interested, not interested, uh, uh, but to the thin, to God's will, it says interested, interested, interested. Give me more of that. Give me more of that. But with the renewing of the mind, instead of hitting a button, uh, uh, it's, the, it's the transformative work of the Holy Spirit in us that bends our thoughts and desires toward grasping and finding the will of God to, to not only be good for us, but to be perfect. Unable to be improved on. And having no need for, for, for ours or anyone else's additions. It, 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 it's complete. Is, is there anybody here that's, that ever realized that they, you, you did it your way for way too long and then after failing again and again and again, you finally submitted to God's way only to find out that it was the right and best way all along? I, I'll raise my hand. One, 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 one songwriter said that the, the, the safest place in the whole wide world is in the will of God. It's in the will of God. I, I, now, 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 I'm not one of those preachers that, that, that'll, that'll try and, what you say, uh, that's cap? No, I, I, I won't try and, and get one and say that it always feels good, this will. But, but I will say that according to the scripture and in my own life, it's always proved itself to be what's best. It proves itself. I, 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 I'd offer that you'll only experience the will of God in this way to the degree that you surrender yourself to him and his transforming power. Uh, uh, those, those that are being renewed, who are transforming instead of conforming, will get understanding of how excellent God's will is and desire more and more of it. Uh, 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 Psalm 34, 8, put it, put it, it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Uh, it, it's, it, it, it works in God's word and God's will works in the world, the more you give yourself over to a thing, the more you get it. And the more you get it, the more you can enjoy it. Uh, this, this is what Paul is urging us to, he's drawing us to. Give yourself over to it. Now, so Paul goes on describing what living the surrendered life looks like in, in community. He says, for by the grace given to me in verse three, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. The surrendered life recognizes its place in the body. Even as, as the apostle of Christ, 
Paul recognized himself not as some superior Christian, but as the recipient of a special grace from God, which was given for the sake of his church. Paul says, but for the grace of God, I am that I am. It was his grace, and Paul said, I didn't let him waste it on me. In, 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 in 1 Corinthians 15, he makes it plain that he's only that because of God's grace. Even his ability to carry out the, the work that God gave him is because of the work of God's grace in him. Paul puts it all on him. He, Paul recognizes that there's a tendency of people uh, to often take what God gives and elevate themselves with it. Paul says, when we're living this life out in community, it's not what you do. You know, I should be recognized since I can do this. I should be in charge. I should be in front. Paul says, not so fast. Uh, slow down and make a sensible and clear-minded assessment of what God has given you. Because after all, what do you have that God hasn't given? And, and, and do it not for the sake of comparison, being more or less important than someone else, but for the sake of serving, of giving, being aware of what you are called to give and contribute to this organism, this body that the Lord has mercifully and graciously made us a part of. Paul says, think. We are members of one another in this body. So we got, we got to function a certain way. We, 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 NIV uses stronger language saying that, that the members belong to one another. Somebody don't like, somebody independent don't like that. I make my own way. It, but, it, but it's there. Uh, um, but but it, when you think about it, it makes sense. He uses this, this body metaphor. It makes sense uh, 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 because my, my body would claim my right hand as its right hand. Yeah? My, my body would claim. <clears throat> when it's time to clap, the left hand looks for its right hand to meet it on time. Sometimes. When it's, when, it's, when, it's, when it's time to eat, my mouth looks for its right hand to bring the food to it. And if the right hand moves too slow, it'll call on the left hand. And, 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 it, and it wants the, the hand to bring the food so that it can take the food in and then push the food down into the rest of the parts of the body I could do this all day, but, I, but, but you see it, you, you, you get this, this body metaphor, right? Uh, uh, um, the, the, the Christian faith, Paul is saying this life you're in now because of mercy, it's a corporate experience. It's not meant for lone rangers. Uh, 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 we should not go at this life alone. This is the way to be living this surrendered life out. We, we are designed to function in an interdependent way. All the different parts contributing to the flourishing of the others and the body as a whole. This is how it works. 
Paul, Paul alludes to something in, in, early in chapter one, sharing, sharing his desire to come be with the church at Rome so that, he, so, that, so that he could, he says, impart to them some spiritual gift to strengthen them. But then he says something, and I was thinking, you know, the apostle's gonna come, the apostle's gonna preach. He says, but that is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. It's body work he was coming for. He acknowledged that he wasn't just some special dispenser of religious service, but that they all had something to offer to, to him and to each other. Paul said, this is how the body works. Each is uniquely positioned as part of the body with a particular function, possessing something to be used for its good. Don't drift off here. Don't drift off here. We, we see it in verses 6 to 8 how those who've given themselves over to God ought to faithfully share what he's given them with others. Remember, this all began with the consideration of mercy, God's mercy. In verse 6, he says, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them if prophecy in proportion to our faith, uh, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who ex exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. I gotta go over here and help these people. Paul shares seven gifts, uh, and these gifts are more than just talents. These are spirit-empowered abilities God equips people with according to his own will, not according to what they deserve, not according to how good they are. God says, this one is going to carry out this for me. God equips according to his own will. They, they are freely given, watch this, to everyone in the body of Christ. Is this? Each person, I know it's on. Amen. I got an amen corner. Each person in the body receiving something from God to keep for themselves. No. He doesn't, he doesn't share a complete list here of, of spiritual gifts. I know some people want to dig into that, but uh, 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 he, he doesn't do that here. And, and, and it's not because, I think, because this church is lacking gifts, but because his point is not to highlight what people have, uh, but to encourage the, the right use of what they have. So, so, so his, his focus here is, is different. It's, it's not for people to wait and sit and see if their gift gets called. No, 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 no. Look, Paul, Paul lists, he lists more of the gifts in, in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 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 saying there in verse 7, it gives us a hint. Look, um, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. Uh, 
The fact of the matter is all the different gifts received have the same source and are needed for the body community to function like it should. Paul's after that. So, so every member is to be giving what God has given them humbly, faithfully, diligently, and joyfully. They, I, I, I don't know how many different ways I can, I can try to put this. There is no one who should not be giving what God has given them because we all have been given a gift. He, Paul, Paul lists them, yeah, the, the, the prophet, you know, and Paul said, well, if, you, if you're, if you're going what, what, to carry out what, what, what God calls you to there, it, it, you're not to be speaking beyond the scope of what God calls you to by faith. Not, not falling into some performance or platform seeking, just plain, plainly, faithfully proclaiming the confirmed message of God. Paul says, if you, if you have them, use them. If you use them, use them right. Uh, 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 he, he calls on, on those who serve to be steady in their service. Uh, the, the, the scripture says, uh, 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 don't get weary in well-doing because in due season you'll what? Reap if you faint not. In the service, I, I think it, it sometimes needs a special word. It isn't as glamorous as that some other gifts may seem, it, 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 but it can't be for applause. Uh, uh, they, the applause may never come. It, it, it is often un, un, unappreciated. Service, service, but these necessary acts of service help maintain many other, other functions in the body. And, and it, it also demonstrates Christ in a, in a special way because he came to Seek and save and serve. He says sharing the, the, the grace of teaching, what that does, it explains clearly what ought to be done while exhortation encourages and challenges uh, the learner to get it done. So, all the gifts are working together. Uh, he says it, it we already talked about generous giving. Have we talked about generous giving? We already talked about generous, cheerful giving. And then he said, if you are empowered to lead, do it with urgent enthusiasm. Don't drag your feet in it. Get after it with zeal. Let there be some fire. And then lastly, we're all called to, somebody might have caught this, we're all called to show mercy, aren't we? We're all called to show mercy, but, but some are especially graced for, 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 for lightening the burdens of others. There are some that, that, that carry this gift and, and, they, and they share this gift, this burden lifting gift with others they do it Paul says joyfully joyfully I, 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 I recall uh, having to uh, as, at some point uh, uh, take care of bedpan for a loved one and the loved one hated the fact that I had to take care of that bedpan but, but 
but it made me all the more mindful of, of how I approach the entire process so that they would know that it was not, that it was Chick-fil-A. It's my pleasure. It was my pleasure to serve them in that way. I, I wanted them to understand that so badly. Paul, Paul said, look, mercy needs to be merciful. Do it with joy. The bottom line is, I won't hold you much longer. The bottom line is this. Whatever you've been given from God, give it to others for God. Whatever it is. Whatever you've been given from God, give it to others for God. It, and the good thing about this word of God, I don't have to go back and ask if anybody followed up on the message. I can see it. So I thank God for his message. I, I'll leave you with the, 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 this question. Have you considered God's mercy? Have you considered it? Have you laid your life out as an offering to God? You answer this. Have you laid your life out as an offering to God? And lastly, is your gift on his altar for his use in his body? Take, the, take, take those and, and, and do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do with them.